Welcome to the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one show to bring you all things Club America in English. From tactical analysis to player updates. We've got you covered on all the latest news on Las Aguilas. Now, let's start the show. This is the Eagle Eye Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Eagle Eye Podcast. Today, we're going to be recapping everything that happened against Mazatlán for Las Aguilas de la América. And then, of course, at the end, giving you guys a preview of what's to come in Los Angeles as América face off against Chivas at the Rose Bowl. So we got plenty and plenty to talk about. Of course, America is in celebration. It is their 107th anniversary. So to kick off the show, I just want to say uh, happy anniversary to Las Aguilas de la America. Greatness is n nothing but an understatement for this institution and for this club. And uh, boy, we can sit here and talk all day long about what Las Aguilas de la America have accomplished, what they have done in history and the moments that they have marked themselves and everything. It has truly been sensational. Without further ado, though, let's get right into the podcast. It's going to be another solo one for me. Unfortunately, the guys have not been able to make it for this one either. A lot has been going on in the lives of all of us, respectfully. And so it's been a little bit difficult to kind of get everyone together for um, for a podcast. But of course, the guys do send their regards. And of course, they, I'm sure they all wish they could have been here to record this one. Um But hey, it is what it is, and we're going to continue going with it. And if I have to do another one by myself, well, then so be it. I do apologize to you guys. I know that it's it's not the same, right? There's not that back and forth that, you know, we all like and we all enjoy. But um, hey, ultimately, I'm here to bring you guys the news. I'm here to, guys, to give you guys my two cents, and uh, I'll try to do my best going forward in regards to that aspect. So uh, let's jump right into it. America wins on the road yet again in a game where we kind of all anticipated. Well, at least I talked to you guys last week in regards to this one. It wasn't going to be as easy of a matchup as we all expected it to be. Right, Mazatlan, you think about them and the fact that maybe they weren't so hot you know, what potential threat they could be for America. And most of us would have sat here and said practically none, to be honest. But the reality is that wasn't the case. I mean, you saw right away, America started actually losing this game against Mazatlan. Credit very much against the run of play. But it just goes to show that this match matchup was always going to be one of those difficult ones for America. And I mean, ultimately, I'm content with the fact that, hey, look, We did what we had to do. We did a good job. And hey, we got the three points, right? And I think that's going to be the most important thing that we kind of take away from this one. Can you read too much into this game? Probably not. I would argue that the fact is this America side was a very heavily rotated America side, right? We saw obviously some very key starters, not just so much in the defense partnership with Igor and Ramon Juarez playing again, but you obviously saw the inclusion of Diego Valdez, who had been out for a couple of games due to a minor injury. And so we got to see a couple of good things, right? And, and a couple of bad things that we need to highlight from a couple of players that, again, I know where you guys know I'm all going with this one, but Julian Quinones, again, is a little bit underwhelming to say the least. And that's me being kind. Um, Henry Martin comes in. I don't think he has that big of an effect as we want him to. Uh, but I don't really 
think that that's mostly on him. I, I, to be honest, I think this one's on Hardine in that aspect, right? The rumor was Henry was going to start. And honestly, I sat here and I talked talk to you guys and I said Henry needed to start this game. It was a perfect opportunity to get his feet wet and to continue to start building back into that game day form. Unfortunately, I mean, that wasn't the case. He only got a couple minutes in Mazatlan off the bench. But it was a really, it was really disappointing to see that he wasn't starting this game. After, right, all all the rumors, I think Chibaran was even tweeting it out beforehand that, hey, Henry Martin might start alongside with Julian Quinones. We might get that dual partnership that we all been wanting to, yada, yada, yada. And unfortunately, that wasn't the case, right? Julian Quinones gets to start and again struggles to play in in that start in that striker role where he has to kind of hold off the ball and be a little bit more of a retaining forward rather than a sprinting forward type. So again, played a little bit to some weaknesses here, but ultimately, I think the team was a little bit fluid. I mean, you expected some of this stuff to happen. I mean, you how, you saw how heavily the midfield got rotated. So I did expect for it to be a little difficult for America going forward. But they surprisingly enough kept a very good shape. Uh, I think that it just maybe lacked a little bit of creativity in the final third. I think your most creative player was definitely Diego Valdez alongside with Brian. And they weren't necessarily you know tearing it up apart from the get-go i think a couple players definitely uh struggled in this one and i do think that it was probably due to the humidity because my goodness it looked like they were playing like south florida with how humid it was for uh for this game we had two water breaks in you know one in the first one in the second but it, it it just it didn't look like it was favorable conditions. It looked like it was going to be a tough one and a difficult one. And America definitely did suffer to get these three points. So, again, we kind of all anticipated it wasn't going to be a walk in the park. And the reality is we grinded it out. But these are the type of results that you need to get away on the road, right? You go out there, you perform, you do your thing, you get the three points. Maybe you didn't showcase your best football. Maybe... You could have done a little bit better here and there, but for the fact uh, of everything going on, I think it showcased that America has depth and America has a talented depth. Um, but that's two very important things. It's, you know, to have players just lying around is one thing, but to have players that can come in and still do the job, it's definitely another thing. And that kind of elevates you to, again, be a favorite candidate to potentially lift that title. And you know what? We end we end the week off before international break at the top. I believe what we sit on 25 points. Hold on. I might I might have to correct myself on that one. Give me a second here. So America right now sits on top of the table at 27 points. Excuse me. My math was terribly wrong. But we are five points clear of Tigres, who we are still yet to play. So look, I know. I, I know we all want to say, you know, right? but I think we have to temper ourselves. We just kind of pace ourselves a little bit, keep ourselves grounded. A lot of the players have said the same thing. It's a day-by-day case with, with how this America team is playing. We're, we're looking a lot better, a lot sharper, but I don't think we've finally gotten that final product that Jardine wants from all of these players, 
we're getting there. We're very close. I would like to say we're about 80 to 85% there. But it's those final percentages that will be the difference in a Ligia. So, uh, you know, there's still a lot of good games uh, ahead for America, right? Uh, after the international break, we host Santos and you think, well, that one's a little bit favorable. But you just never know with, with, with teams coming into the Azteca. They, they, they find form that, I don't know, for some reason they shouldn't have. But hey. They somehow find it. Um, and then, of course, the tough ones, right? On the road against Monterrey, on the road against San Luis. Not easy ones. Um, not to mention that we close out the season away at uh, the Volcan to face off against Tigres. So there is there is a lot of tough games ahead for America and not a lot of wiggle room uh, with the upcoming matches that we do have. So, again, crucial, vital, detrimental that we pick up points wherever we can. And three points on the road against Mazatlan, that is always, always a big W for us in the season. Like I mentioned, these are results that carry you and catapult you forward. And, you know, we'll see what this does for the team um, after the international break. And hopefully we can all keep finding our rhythm and, and our form. And it'll be important that our players can continue that uh, that stretch of good play that they've been doing you know whether it be the players that are heading off to their national team and they get their minutes or whether it be the players that stay here and end up playing against Chivas at the Rose Bowl you know this is a big game that I think there there is quite some hype behind this and so we'll have to wait and see what happens in regards to that aspect so I think all I really have to say in regards to this game is you know a little ugly but hey sometimes these games have to be like that and the most important thing is getting those three points. Igor Lignoski coming out big again, winning headers, not just in the defensive side of things, but offensively as well, getting his second goal of the season. Who would have thought that whenever we announced him uh, coming on as a late, late addition in the summer transfer window? And, um, well, I guess the saying goes true, right? Can't judge a book by its cover. And Igor Lignoski has definitely had some amazing first chapters with America so far. And let's hope to see where... Where all this takes them so again i can be as nitpicky as i can be but i think overall we'll all just be content with the fact that hey we got the three points let's just kind of run with it we'll see what happens after the international break but again promising from america to say the least you know and hey like i mentioned 27 points so far this season none of us would have pegged us to be in the position that we were in just merely a month and a half ago so a lot has changed, and it's been a very quick turnaround for America, but it, it was much needed. So we're, uh, we'll are we'll be content with that, to say the least. So that does it for the uh, America-Mazatlan game, and ultimately that would end up uh, start starting the international break for our players. So we have uh, quite a few that are going to be out. Um, a couple players for Mexico. I believe it's Kevin, Malagón, Henry, and Ramon Juarez. And I think Emilio Larga called up to the Sub-23 as well. Um, Diego Valdez, of course, with his Chilean side, which, by the way, if you guys are listening to this, uh, Diego Valdez has uh, recently scored with Chile too. So, so um, it's it's looking good for, for the number 10 for America. So he's continuously doing well right there. For Uruguay, I think Cáceres and um, Brian. Was it Brian? Yeah. Brian Rodriguez got called up as well. And for Paraguay, of course, Richard Sanchez, and I believe that's that's it. 
Um, don't quote me on that, though. I might be missing a player here. But ultimately, you know, a couple of key players here that are not going to be featuring in Sunday's matchup at the Rose Bowl. But again, like I mentioned earlier, America has depth, America has quality. So we'll be anticipating. Um, other news in regards to the club, or at least more on a player-based level, uh, Julian Quinones has officially gotten his paperwork and he's officially a Mexican national what does that mean for America? Not much, actually. He's still going to be taking a foreign spot. I know a lot of people think that, oh, well, he's technically now a Mexican player, might potentially play for the Mexican national team. But the reality is he's still going to be taking a foreigner spot because he was um, not formado in Mexico. What does that mean? It means that he wasn't brought up through the Mexican system, right? So if he would have came up to the ranks and he maybe played in the Cantera or this and that, played in like second division, started his career there, wouldn't matter if he was a, a, a national or not. But because of that, he's unfortunately not going to be able to take, um, he's unfortunately going to have to take that foreigner spot. And so that's going to be the case. But uh, I know a lot of people are excited and, and stoked that he's going to be potentially called up for the Mexican national team after this uh this international break so we'll see whether or not Jimmy Rosano ends up calling him for the next uh games up against to be honest I'm not too sure who Mexico is going up against but regardless King Quinones will most likely be called up in that one but for this one he stayed back and he's finalized all of those paperwork and now he is a Mexican citizen uh more news and club updates let me see. I'm trying to remember here. I think that's pretty much it. I mean, if we want to talk about ex-players, uh, Cotobo Blanco was indicted into the Hall of Fame, which I think is huge. Um, obviously, a lot of people argue that he is the best and absolute legend of America. Uh, and personally speaking, for myself, that is the case as well. Although I would argue that he is not the best player to ever play for America. And I know how hot of a take that is because trust me, I love Cotomo Blanco, but if we're talking about just talent and what was produced on the pitch and the accolades that came with everything, uh, I think that you have to look at someone like uh, Cristobal Ortega. Like that is a guy who won so much with America, who did so much for America. I, uh, I I find it hard to believe that he is, you know, not mentioned more often than not. Because I think he is by far America's greatest player. And and I know that's a hot take, but I mean, just look at the titles he's won with America, the time he was with America, the fact that he played in a midfield role and had an abundance of goals, an abundance of assists, and he was there in crucial key games that, define the history of America like the game against Chivas at the Azteca the final in the uh, 1983-1984 season and then of course he was also there for the game uh, the final against Pumas the year later so I mean the man was just all over the pitch for America um, and look I'm not going to sit here and say that I've watched him in his whole career and yada 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 but if you talk to Older America fans, fans that had the privilege to watch him play in the 80s, um, they would hand down tell you 
what an amazing and then what a detrimental player he was for the team. And I think that we have yet to see a replacement for a player like that. And, and to be honest, that that is the reason why they are legends in the game. That's why they are legends in this institution is because there is never going to be another player like that, right? Cuauhtémoc Blanco, there will never be another Cuauhtémoc Blanco, right? Uh, another Sage, I don't think we'll see another Sage. I mean, we'll see another goal scorer in our lifetime, but never to the caliber that he was, right? Never another Enrique Borja, never another Carlos Reynoso, never another Ochoa, never another Salada, never another, you know, the list goes on. This America institution has seen so many stars being born and, and so many stars come in and play. And so, I mean, it's just, we could sit here and I could talk to you guys for days, for months, actually, about America and all these players and players that I think deserve more than they actually get credit for or, you know, some players that maybe need to be debunked a little bit here and there. But regardless, an institution full of legends and one of them indicted into the Hall of Fame, Cuauhtémoc Blanco. I mean, the man is by far the most loved, loved person in America. The day he comes back to the institution because he said he would come back to the institution, whether that be in the presidential role or manager role or you know, whatever role that they decide to give him, he is going to be received like no one has ever been received before in a position uh, in, in 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 the administration side of things for America. So I, I think that it's crazy to think, but I mean, Cotomo Blanco has just always had this characteristic, always had this kind of, you know, tenacity to, to get into people's faces and, and, never backed down from a challenge. He was always willing to do anything and everything. And, you know, even though his time at America wasn't absolutely perfect, right? There was there was a, there was a lot of things that I think a lot of people were willing to kind of sweep under the rug because of the person he was, right? He was kind of the embodiment of the Americanismo. He always will be, I think. And so... You know, I think a lot of us forget about this times with uh, with America where he had a lot of problems with disciplinary issues, right? There's a reason why he got sent to Veracruz and then, you know, why he got loaned out to other clubs like Necaxa and stuff like that. So it was it was important that, you know, he grew in these in, in these loan spells and he definitely did. And he became, I mean, the legend that he is today. And so. Again, nothing but praises for Cuauhtémoc Blanco, and and truly the man is more than a hero. He is he's the definition of of a walking legend. And so, again, shout out to Cuauhtémoc Blanco for being inducted into the into the Hall of Fame this week. And of course, lastly, the biggest news, obviously, being that America's 107th anniversary is upon us. So much history, um, just so much to really talk about, right? I mean. A lot of it really gets lost in translation over the years because it, it seems that no matter what, the club continues to grow, the, the club continues to do its thing, and 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 we're itching closer to that 14th title, which will be the pinnacle of our history to you know reach uh, that stage, that level. I think is important because I think once we break that threshold, uh, the 15th, the 16th, the 17th, they will all come a little bit easier than than this 14th for for some reason this 14th has been the biggest hump and i, I think once we can get over it i think the rest will just continue to flow but 
yeah, I mean, what, what more can we say? It's, 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 I always like to describe him, uh, the being an America fan is more of a way of life than an actual just kind of thing that you are. I, I, I think you carry yourself with a certain kind of pride and, and you have to uphold to certain standards. And so I think, like I said, you know, nothing, there's nothing better in this world than being an Americanista. And, you know, as much as you get hated on and you also find a lot of people that, you know, will 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 be will be there as well to stand in solidarity with you because they're Americanistas as well. So, 107 years. I mean, it it just goes to show, right? The 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 grand stature of of what this club is with so many titles and again, like I mentioned, so much history and and, and so much that we can go down the line and we can have a discussion for ages on everything that happened. I mean, from the beginning. From right to the beginning of when this club was just, you know, formed up to the point where we are today. And just so much has happened in this history books. And so, you know, it'd be nice to finally one day sit back and be able to talk about all of this. But for now, all we can really do is, you know, just say pretty much happy anniversary to to Las Islas del America, 107 years and, you know. Can't wait to see what uh, the next 107 years will bring for this institution, which I'm sure will be nothing but greatness in, in that aspect. So, yeah, we'll see what happens in, in regards to that sense. Um, With that, most notably said, I think that's it in regards to club news and updates. Um, Oh, one last thing I wanted to mention right before I forget, because I know AJ would not let me live it down. Um, obviously, the big boss was in town at uh, at Coapa, right? Kind of building towards something new for America Feminine. They're going to be bringing on a new ins- training institution. So they've kind of started the foundations for all of that, which I think is huge. I think it's important that the lady side of things, their game grows. And it goes to showing that that there is an investment there for them, and and not just them, but just the future of you know women's soccer, and and that's important, right? The ladies right now are tearing it up apart; they are just killing it. And so, to have that backing, to have that funding, I think is important because obviously, as the game grows, as the teams get better, as the talent level develops, you want to be at the top of all of it. And I think America is slowly but surely starting to, you know, get those building blocks and get to the point where they're going to be good five, six, ten years down the road, you know, once this game develops even that much more further. So kudos to America and kudos to Escarga for, you know, committing hugely to this. So, yeah, nothing more to say, but uh, but good things in, in that aspect. So. But all right, with that said, let's move on to our last kind of uh, thing or whatever you want to call it, agenda for the podcast. And uh, that is the fact that America is coming to town. Well, that is if you are in the Los Angeles area, right? Southern California, Las Aguilas and America are coming to the Rose Bowl to play against Chivas in what promises to be fingers crossed, a a memorable game with hopefully a huge turnout, right? 
I think the last time America played Chivas in Los Angeles was 2018. I might be wrong, but it might be 2018. I'll have to double check that. Um, I was actually there. The, the, the game got played uh, uh, against the Col- I, at the Coliseum. I remember it was uh, a big game because obviously there was uh, it was kind of like a farewell to Moises Munoz as well, retiring. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was huge and, and the great turnaround, the great turn of events, and it was a great game as well. And so I expect this game to be like that, but a little bit bigger in the sense. I mean, it's the Rose Bowl. I, I think that it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be hopefully a memorable one because usually these friendlies turn into like a eh, whatever's. But I think this one could be could be a good one, right? Obviously, it's America versus Chivas, the Classicals, and we've known that these games have that little bit of extra. And so I expect this game to be a hard contested game, even though it's a friendly. I think Chivas are going to be looking for quote unquote revenge for the game against uh, them in the Estadio Azteca, the thrashing, the 4 0. But I expect America to not fall back. I, I think America is going to bring it to them. I think that this is a perfect opportunity for Jardinet to continue to implement the, his style of football and what he's trying to get out of these players. And I mean, what better way to do it than to do it again in a Clásico, right? So again, it won't be an easy matchup, and, and I don't expect it to get too tainted with substitution until about maybe the 75th minute of the match, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, America, though, still has a lot of big names that are going to be available for this one. I mean, um, just off the bat, what I'm thinking is Cabecitas, obviously, uh, Quiñones, Fidalgo, right? Uh, Jonathan Dos Santos will be there, uh, Leo Suarez, um, there's the other player that I forgot. Sendejas actually is going to the U.S. men's national team. But, um, yeah, it's big names that are going to be featuring in this one. And, obviously, players that we want to see as well. Santi Naveda will get minutes in, in this game for sure as well. Um, Igor is going to be available for this one. Uh, I'm trying to think who else is going to be featuring in this one. I mean... I'm sure he's not a big name, but Luis Fuentes is going to be playing. Uh, we have Chavarres as well. So a lot of good players for America to pick from. And like I mentioned, it should be should be a fun affair. Um, as far as us, uh, I will be there, of course, covering the game for the podcast. Uh, Fan Festival starts at 1 p.m. And the game is scheduled to be at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard, 8 Eastern and 7 o'clock Central. So... Um, the game will be transmitted live via TUDN, so make sure you guys are glued to your screens and uh, are excited to, to watch this one. The game's going to be on a Sunday. That should be an interesting one. I hate the Rose Bowl just in general because it is the worst place to go park and get out of after said event is done. Uh, but it's one of the best places to go tailgate. And so I really enjoy being able to go around, take pictures, talk to a lot of you guys and kind of you know get a feel of what it you know these games mean to all of you as a fan and so i'm excited in that aspect so you know i'll be there early taking pictures walking around so if you guys see me feel free to stop by say hi love to chat with you guys think about you know 
you know, what are you guys are thinking in regards to the game, the season, and all that good stuff. And so, again, we just want to say thank you because, of course, none of this is would have been a possibility without all of you guys' support. And uh, for those of you listening, for those who follow us on social media and engage with us and everything like that, thank you so much. Again, because of you guys, we are able to continue to bring to you guys, you know, this type of content and then we get to be surrounded in that environment by all of you guys so again we just want to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts and we'll try to do our best to bring the best coverage in what should promise to be an exciting game at the rose bowl now i don't know exactly what the ticket situation is here and i'm just gonna go out on a limb and probably make a fool of myself here but i want to say that this game is gonna have a attendance similar to or maybe even more than the attendance that the LA Galaxy and LAFC match had earlier this year in July. Now again, that's a bit of a stretch, but last time I checked, not a lot of tickets were available. A lot of nosebleed tickets. Um, But again, I, I, I don't know what the case is going to be if most of the good tickets got eaten up and now they're going to be thrown away because of the reventa or this and that again i i'm just going off a li- uh, off a hunch and really what i honestly want it to be because i think that this game should have way more spectators than an la galaxy lafc i mean as great of those matches have been in recent years they are nothing they are minuscule in comparison to what a classical De Mexico, a Clásico Nacionales, right? It, it, they're miniature compared to what American Chivas are. So I hope, I really do hope it's a sellout in that sense. I really do hope it's a packed crowd. I I really do expect it to be an environment, not a hostile one. I, I do think that it's going to be very tense and, and, and you will feel a lot of the pressure from both sides. But... All in all, I hope it's a good, fun, friendly environment for everyone to go enjoy the spectator, the spectating of, of, of this game. And like I said, hopefully we get some good goals. Hopefully we get some good plays. And most importantly, fingers crossed, hopefully we get no injuries, right? I mean, <laughs> let's be honest, this is a friendly at the end of the day. And so we we need all of our players fit and ready for the games ahead. Because like I mentioned, the... <sighs> The turn of events is going to be really quick and it's going to be really tough for America. So we'll see what happens. But like I said, should be an interesting one. Should be a fun one. I can't wait to see all of you guys at the Rose Bowl. And um, yeah, that pretty much does it for me. I won't give much of a prediction on that. I think I'll leave that to the actual day uh, uh, on Sunday. Uh, but like I mentioned, if you guys see me, go ahead, stop by, say hi. Like I said, I'd love to chat with you guys. And um, yeah. We'll see what the environment is at the Rose Bowl. And for those of you that are unfortunately can't attend to or don't live in the area, um, but kind of want to see what's going on in and around the Rose Bowl, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at EY Podcast. I'll be posting pictures, videos, and you name it, all sorts of things. So hopefully we we uh, we get a good environment. But with that said, I think that pretty much wraps it up for me here. I'll be back next week, hopefully, with a co-host to talk all things America. Get you guys uh, ready for the game ahead, which is going to be against uh, Santos Laguna. And um, yeah, that pretty much does it for me. It's another solo podcast again. Thank you guys for 
pushing through, making it through on this one. I know it's a little bit difficult having to hear me all the time. And so I try to make it as quick and, you know, straight to the point as possible. I don't want to take up too much of you guys' time. But like I said, with that said, I'll be back next week with the guys to talk all things Club America. Again, happy anniversary to America, 107 years. Greatness is just but a small, small word to describe an immense and ginormous institution that is that really truly echoes around the world to be honest so again nothing like being an americanista nothing like the americanismo and nothing like blue america with that said you guys have a wonderful time wonderful night take care and as always arriba la america good night